Welcome to the 30-Minute Week Podcast on WFUVsports.org. Yes, and welcome again to the 30-Minute Week Podcast. Today is April 25th, 2017, and I'm your host, as always, Rita Horner. And I am super excited to not only be with you guys today, but we have our new guest on the show, John Furlong and Tyler Freire, who you all know by now. How are we doing today, guys? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic, Reed. I'm glad to make my uh, debut appearance on this hotly, hotly talked about, the hottest episode, the hottest podcast at the station. <laughs> oh, right oh you flatter us too much. Uh, that's, I just want to put it out there. Well, know. we have a lot to get into. Uh, I'm super excited. NFL draft. I'm sure you guys are too. A little tired, though, getting ready for this Thursday. Yeah. Um, other things to talk about. And then we are going to have another episode or match in our regular season journey of sports trivia. I cannot Tyler wait for and this. John's and go against each fun. other. Uh, so I'll give you the rules when we get to that. But first off, guys, we have to talk about the big elephant in the room, probably the biggest or most talked about headline in sports. Uh, I don't even know how to categorize it. Aaron Hernandez, I'll just say, was found dead in his prison cell. Uh, the former tight end, star tight end for the New England Patriots coming out of University of Florida, uh, was convicted in 2013 for murdering uh, his friend Odin Lloyd, serving a life sentence in prison, and is no longer with us. First off, let me just go to, I'll go to John. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the initial uh, situation? Reed, it's just such a sad situation. It's I'm not going to say I'm sad for him. It's just, it's just yeah. such an unfortunate situation all around. I mean, he had all the talent in the world. He was, him and Gronkowski, I mean, you could make the argument that when they first came into the league together that, Aaron Hernandez was a better tight end than Rob Gronkowski, and that's saying something because Rob Gronkowski is basically the consensus top tight end in the league. Arguably the most talented tight end ever. Exactly. <laughs> when he, I mean, when he's healthy, obviously, he's had a lot of injury problems, unfortunately. But it's just it, just such a waste of talent, and he had such a he has a, a young child, he has a fiance as well, and it, it's you see that sometimes with athletes where they have all the talent in the world and they end up just. It just doesn't end up working out with them. Their demons get the best of them is, is, is what happens, unfortunately. And that's what happened in this scenario, and it's, it's, yeah. it's real sad. Yeah, just to echo off that, um, more and more we hear about the story. It's just more and more upsetting. Uh, he had a, a lot of uh, potential. John just said he probably was the better tight end at the time as compared to Rob Kukowski. So just to hear about uh, the fact that he left three notes for his family and uh, he kind of wanted to do this for his family. There's a, a money situation going on with his contract. Yeah, we were debating that. Yeah, it's um. So I, heard, I think he had he had a, he had a meaning for it, which uh, is still tough to uh, to recognize. It's still fresh, but it's it's just a really tough situation. And a lot of people were uh, making fun of the whole situation on Twitter. I and mean, people forget, like they ha- he has a little daughter who just yeah. lost a father. So it's it's just a tough situation. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean that that little girl was going to grow up in a broken household anyway because yeah. her father was going to be in prison for the rest of his life. So I mean. It's you got to think about her and how she's going to remember this such a traumatic event for the rest of her life. I don't know how old is she? Four, five, four. five four. Yeah, that's that sucks. It's yeah. it's a really sad situation. Yeah, I. It's one of those stories <clears throat> in sports where it's it involves sports, but it's so much more than that. Yeah. And I I tried to really think about what I felt about the situation, so I didn't come off brash either way. But quite frankly, after reading and, and thinking about it, I look at it as this: Aaron Hernandez, he was an evil and complicated person who I honestly think deserved to spend the rest of his life in prison. Absolutely. He lured one of his friends to his house and killed him in cold blood. I, that's unimaginable and an unimaginable act to me at the same time, the loss of human life, no matter who it is, is tragic to me. And so 
the idea of, of someone, whether he's a pro athlete or not, getting to a point in his or her life where they feel that they want to take life from themselves saddens me. Yeah. So this whole situation yeah. is very mixed emotions. Uh, you mentioned the daughter. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was going to live a hard life either way, having either a dad in prison or having no dad at all. Yeah. Uh, the fiance, uh, a lot of people are hurt in the situation. Quite frankly, I think that maybe, I'm not going to speak for the family of Lloyd, but maybe they, they, they could feel like, robbed of justice in a way that you know what i mean they they I want think... him to serve that life sentence so there's definitely a lot of ways to feel about it i don't think um you can feel wrong in any way but it's complicated my favorite my favorite thing about this and not my favorite thing but my favorite reaction or like take on this story that's a poor way to put it but my favorite take on this story i saw on twitter it just how incredibly bizarre Aaron Hernandez was because you see the Patriots and you see how classy and how professional of a franchise they were and he was able to hide all of these things from them like they had no idea when they drafted him if they had any idea that he was going to go out and do something like this they never would have drafted him and you yeah. see you see that with the Patriots I mean they automatically cut ties with them and they they really took that personally as well yeah. they they said this is one of our guys and we we messed up unfortunately no, the, the Patriots have been um the team in the NFL who usually takes these kind of players and kind of wants to make their transformation almost and make them... Uh, well, because before the whole situation, he was a troubled player. Yeah. But no one imagined who no, he would No, but the Patriots usually take these kind of guys and they kind of try <clears throat> to make the make the best of the situation, but no one could have seen this coming. This is He was dealing with some demons that uh, he really needed some serious help with. Um, it's just a tough situation. Well, that's the tragic tragedy of his story. Not only John mentioned his talent... But it's that he wasn't just talented. He was given multiple opportunities, given multiple cultures that maybe could have turned him in a better direction. We, you guys mentioned the Patriots, which is true. But even in college, Tim Tebow was his quarterback. University of Florida, Urban Meyer, that was a great environment in which many young men have turned into outstanding citizens after their time with UF. And I don't know what turns or creates someone to be like that. I just know that um, nobody leaves the situation a winner, uh, especially the Hernandez family. So yeah. that's what we have to say about that. Let's move on to a lighter subject, and that is this Thursday's NFL draft, guys. Yeah, I know you're really excited about. Yeah, this. no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, I'm tired. If you guys haven't <laughs> checked it out already, I would love if you went to the FUV. I've been doing player evaluations, kind of ranking. And Great job, by the way. Thank no, you, buddy. I appreciate up. that. All my favorite players at every single position, uh, and then I'm going to give a mock draft out tomorrow. Just release my quarterbacks, so go check that out. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> regardless, guys, what? I don't even know where to start with this draft because there's so much we could talk about. Just first off, are there any players that you guys feel maybe you're higher on than other people? Yeah, I know. I've got two of them. I've got, uh, as a Miami fan, I automatically think of Dalvin Cook from from Florida State. He, really? Every single time he played Miami, he always seemed to kill us. Every single time. He always elevated his game. He went for like 150 yards in the game this season. He always he always brought his best in the big moments. And who that reminds me of is Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, you see Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, how, how he played in the uh, 2015 National Championship game against Oregon. He was he was a man among, a man among boys in that game. And he, he really elevated his game. And that's what you like to see in players coming out of college when they can step up and want to be on that big stage. And obviously, Ezekiel Elliott worked out pretty well. So I, and I, Dalvin Cook's got the size. He's fast for his size. He's big and he's going to be able to handle the NFL, but he's still fast. So I think I, I'm really, really high on him. Coming out of coming out of the that's FSU. interesting, especially in a, in a league where running backs may not be as valuable. But yep. 
You make some great points about that. I'm not as high on him as as you are, but and back to back 19 touchdown seasons for him. So he's yeah. been he's oh, been killing absolutely. it up up in uh, down in Florida. But my guy is a tight end who I think this is the deepest tight end draft in the last couple of years. It's Evan Ingram. And uh, I just think he has natural like receiving abilities, <laughs> and I know you don't like him a lot. Well, you, it's not that I don't, you believe that he's yeah. going to be a receiver down the yeah, line, yeah, but yeah. he needs to get better at the blocking, at blocking uh, in the run game, as that's really important part for a tight end. But what he did in the in college was is was really eye opening. I thought he would be he'll be a top uh, tight end prospect. I think I I definitely am with you. I think he's the best receiving tight end in this class. The problem with him, he's so undersized that quite frankly, I think whatever team takes him, he's 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 non-existent as a blocker. Yeah. So I think whatever team takes him is going to try and convert him into a wide receiver. A player I'm really high on is not necessarily a sleeper, but I don't see him being talked about as the best linebacker in this class. It's what I believe him to be is T.J. Watt. Not because he's the brother, little brother of, of J.J. Watt. He's but a linebacker, right? He's a li- linebacker for yeah. Wisconsin. I'm outside linebacker, I believe. But he's so versatile. He can play middle linebacker. He can play outside linebacker. I'm I'm in love with his size. 6'4", 252, but he moves like he's 6'1". And he's also surprisingly quick laterally, which is important when covering from sideline to sideline or keeping up with receivers and, and running backs in the open field. And I think he just has this natural, I don't even know how to describe it, this natural ability, nose for the ball, to t- create turnovers, to get where he needs to be. And that's something that I think is rare in many prospects. He does have short legs, though, which many people criticize him for because it limits his explosion. It takes him a little bit longer to get up to top speed. But, you know, I think that's a small price to pay for what he could end up being. Uh, now... Top five in the draft class. Do you guys? We don't need to detail why, but who are your top five players in this draft class? You want me to go first? Yeah, go first, Dad. I got uh, Len- this is no particular order either. Uh, Leonard Fournette from LSU, uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, I have Deshaun Watson, okay, and I know you're not high on Deshaun Watson <laughs> or any quarterback in this. In this, you have year Deshaun show. Watson as your top five when you're top five and honestly, players, and I think he's going to go number three to Chicago. And um, wow, I think he has championship pedigree, which he definitely does. He won that national championship against one of the best teams in college football for the past five years in Alabama, and that's a pro defense. So he played really well against them. By definition, it's collegiate defense. Collegiate defense with but, pro prospects. Yeah. Hey, but what about twenty pro prospects? So they got a really good defense there. Um, just to finish out my top five, Christian McCaffrey and then O.J. Howard. But just to go back to Deshaun Watson, I think a lot of people <laughs> read He's hammering. He's like, just go, no, just I, go back I got, to Deshaun Watson. No, I got to back it up because I know I know where you're going with this. No, and, I want to uh, say something afterwards, too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. John's going to get gotta his response. And you know what? It's I might be falling into the trap with um, this quarterback right here, but I don't know. I was just, I'm really high on him. He has a lot of championship pedigree, so... I think I'm going to put Deshaun Watson in my top five. I think he's going to go three to Chicago. Listen, I love the championship pedigree, but I'm going to shout out our colleague here, Christian Goey. He writes a great article, pre-draft article, about the Jets, our Jets reporter last season. Passionate fan, too. Passionate fan. Oh, he absolutely loves the Jets. Lives and breathes green, unfortunately for (laughs) him. Unfortunately for him. Unfortunately for him. But anyway, he says that if Deshaun Watson came to the Jets, he would be a guaranteed bust. But he thinks that Deshaun Watson is going to be a good player. He's just got to go to the right place. Look at the quarterbacks like him. Champion, good, winning pedigree. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. I mean, they were good, and they they, they elevated their te- their programs when yeah. they were in college. Very similar kind of dual-threat quarterbacks. They both can run. They both can throw. I'm not going to say that like Dak Prescott like won national championships like Deshaun Watson, but still, they, like, they still had similar college careers. 
they both went to fantastic programs. They had things around them. The Seahawks had the best defense in the league at the time. The Cowboys have the best offensive line in football. What do the Jets have? What do the Bears have? What do these teams have? They, it's trial by fire with some of yeah. these quarterbacks, and they yeah. can't develop properly because they're not in the right situation. It's got to be the right fit for Watson. He's got to go somewhere, maybe like a, like a team like the Vikings or something like that, where they already have a, a, some sort of of base for them to build upon. And, like, they don't have to just rush him in and say, okay, try to swim when you don't know how to swim and hope you don't drown. <laughs> like, that's that's the way that a lot of these quarterbacks, like, for example, Mitch Trubisky, he'll probably, if, if he goes in the first five picks, he's probably going to have to just s- struggle to stay afloat next season just because he's going to be with such a bad team. So that's my opinion on Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to be a great quarterback as long as he goes to the right team. Yeah, you, Not, make, you make a very fair point. Yeah. And I actually really agree with you in the idea that I don't like quarterbacks being thrown in in their first year, regardless of their talent. Even someone like an Andrew Luck, I love them having a year behind a starter, even if that starter's not yep. as good, because it not only creates hunger for the position, but it gives them that ability to transition. But Watson, I'm not super high on, only because uh, when I evaluate players, especially quarterback, I look at not their stats, because I think that can be misleading. I look at the way they accumulate those stats. How do they score, and can the way they do that be translated into the next level? Can they still do that in the NFL? And I think Deshaun Watson is a great college quarterback and a phenomenal leader. But I think running is too much a part of his game. And I don't think he's athletic enough. enough to make that a threat at the next level. And that ability, even so, makes defenses have to be more committed to him at the collegiate level. I don't think NFL teams are going to have to worry about that. So I think he's going to have to learn to pass from the pocket. And he could develop into a great passer, but from what I can see, there's a hitch in his, in his elbow when he throws. His lower body mechanics aren't where I want them to be. And so I, I, I'm i skeptical as to think if he'll develop into this franchise quarterback. He could, but I wouldn't bet on it. No, that's fair. I think that's a, that's that's definitely a fair point. Yeah, and read. what you were talking about with the the running, and we talked about it a little bit in the pre-production meeting. Um, any quarterback that relies on the run in in the NFL doesn't usually fare well. I'm not saying he relies on it as much as other quarterbacks have done in the past, but it's a big part of his game, and I don't think that's going to fare well for him in, for him in the NFL. At that, all. You're entitled to your own opinion. No, yeah. absolutely. I do think he's still going to be a top five pick in this draft with um, him going to three to Chicago. So very surprised. Hopefully, hopefully very it surprised. pans out. Just, for him. just a disclaimer, guys. It's the same person who thinks the Clippers are going to advance <laughs> second round of the playoffs. So let's. <laughs> hey, 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 we'll get to that. Take we'll it with a grain of salt, John. <laughs> anyway, top five players. All right, here are my top five again in no particular order. I went Miles Garrett number one. He's basically the de facto yeah. number one prospect right now. I mean, for good reason. I know Warren Sapp came out yesterday and said some degrading things about him. Yeah. But he's he's the best talent in this year's class by far. Number two, I'm going to go with Corey Davis from Western Michigan, the wide receiver. A lot of people don't look at him because of his small school pedigree, but don't forget Antonio Brown went to Central Michigan, so it doesn't really matter what your pedigree. You can come into the league, and if you've got the skills, you've got the skills. Number three, I went Dalvin Cook, as I mentioned earlier. Number four, I've got and number four and number five, I've got two SEC linemen. I've got Jonathan Allen from Bama and Derek Barnett from Tennessee. And wow, that, that rounds out my top five. So the first thing that jumps out to me out of that top five is you do not have Fournette as your top running back. No, now, is do, that I because you think Cook is that? much better of a running back or do you think Fournette has holes that we're not noticing I think a combination of both I think Fournette Fournette's got a, a little bit of an injury history I mean he, he fair, was that's a fair point he was he was hurt this past season and I don't know I mean he was supposed to he was supposed to win the Heisman last year I mean he was Heisman favorite in the preseason he wasn't even considered at the end of the season there's there's something to show for that and 
running backs, I mean, they get injured a ton, so you don't want any injury history coming yeah. into the NFL. Well, I, I he's, think he's a fantastic talent, and I think he's going to be a great. I think he's going to be great for at least his first five seasons. But I, I'll, t- I'll take if I'm an if I'm a GM, I'm taking Cook over him. Is that maybe why you're a little bit lower on McCaffrey too? The injury I was question. Ask that yeah, too. I think so too. I mean, listen, I love McCaffrey as well. He's a hard worker. He's got great talent, but he's small, and I don't know if he can handle everything. He reminds me of. He reminds me of uh, Toby Gerhardt a few years ago, coming out of the same school, yeah. Heisman Trophy candidate, re- almost won it that year. He lost it to, I, I think he lost it to Mark Ingram that year. But, yeah, I, I, I again, I think McCaffrey's going to be great. I think if he goes to the right situation, he'll be a great player. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not very, very high on him. Good stuff, good stuff. Instead of giving my top five, I'm actually more interested to ask you guys, uh, the, well, you, you bring it up with Miles Garrett. Obviously, the most talented player in this draft will be going number one. My question to you guys, and Tyler, you can go first, should he go number one? For as talented of a defensive end as he is, do defensive ends, even if they're at the all-pro level, do they make that much of an impact on a team that you're willing to pay him first Von Miller. money? Von Miller. <laughs> Von Miller. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, that's that's the debate. Goes to say someone yeah. like Jadavian Clowney. I was going to mention five yeah. DNs, how much of an impact Mario Williams See, have they actually made? But Clowney, it took him some time to get adjusted to the NFL, but yeah. look what happened this year when J.J. Watt went down. He played stellar football. I think Miles Garrett, it'll take some time with the Cleveland Browns to um, you know, get adjusted to the NFL as they haven't really done a great job at um, turning their rookies over to um, decent NFL players as of late. But it's it's crucial, the defensive end position, you have to be able to, to get to the quarterback, and he does that better than any player player in this draft. So... Yeah, he's worthy of the number one pick. It would probably take him a year or two to um, start making some headways um, towards uh, one of the elite DNs in the league, though. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think he's it, yes to answer your question. Yes, <laughs> the defensive that that position warrants that pick, warrants that money. I mean, Von Miller won Super Bowl MVP, and he's he was one of the main reasons why the the Broncos that is won a fair that point. Game. That is I mean, a fair that's, point. That's don't don't go out there and don't go out there and say like defensive end is a or like outside linebacker in a three four is a is like a wasted position. No, like, I don't no, think it's a wasted it position. Not. I just question the idea. Because Tyler's right, you got to get to the quarterback in this day and age in the NFL. You I, have to. I, I'm just yeah. saying I want to caution people. To, I don't think a defensive end is a player who can turn around a franchise. So I think by the Browns getting Miles Garrett, even if he ends up being a Hall of Famer, does not mean the Browns going to be in the, the Super Bowl. The Broncos took him at two in 2011. Yes, Look but they didn't they get to the Super Bowl years. because of Von Miller. Von Miller had a great impact when. Once they were at that moment, hey, but, but there were. It's ve- but it's but, very, very rare you're going to get a player who instantly can take you to the Super Bowl and, like that. Like they come along yeah. once in a yeah, generation. And, and usually yeah. it's a quarterback. And most of the time, almost always it's a quarterback, and very rarely you get it at one. Peyton Manning is the only one that you, <laughs> yeah. they've gotten at one. And that year when the Denver Broncos won the championship, Peyton Manning threw nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions. So they had to rely heavily on that defense. He was 10 for 21 in the Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. So they had to rely that whole year on the defense, which they would not have won it, the Super Bowl without Von Miller. It's true. So the defensive end position is really, really crucial in the NFL. But if you guys don't think Miles Garrett should go number one, then who are the Browns going to take? You yeah. know, it's just like you got to take best player available. You have to. And that's probably something that we'll probably get to in a little bit. But I, I'm a very. I'm a proponent of picking the best player available, and he is. So No, I'm 100% with you. Yeah. Well, actually, we can get into that right now. All right. You guys are drafting. Uh, Tim, put your GM hats on or whatever the GMs wear. They don't really wear hats, right? That GM <laughs> ties? GM ties. Yeah, GM ties. Yeah. Anyways, if you're drafting for your NFL franchise, you're an expansion team, do you start drafting off of what your team needs, or do you start just drafting best available player talent-wise? So say you guys uh, take someone like a Miles Garrett. You guys have a pretty decent defensive end. 
you really have a really bad quarterback, do you go for someone like Miles Garrett and really upgrade that position, or do you try and take a quarterback that you think could be better than the one you have and deal with a better quarterback and your average DN? You know what I'm trying to say? Do you oh, accumulate no, talent I, I or do you accumulate people that fill the holes that your roster has? I think that's something the Jets are going to be dealing with this year because um, there's a lot of talks that they should maybe go with best player available who would probably be O.J. Howard at the time. Um, I heard it on the radio show. I think it was Han and Humpty a couple of days ago. But if you're the Jets, for example, I'm just using them as an example since we're in New York and we're in a New York market here. They have to take the best player available because if you're gonna, if you're because they have no one you, good, <laughs> they have so many holes on that off on that offense and that defense that you have to take the best player available. So I think every team should should be doing that. Yeah. No, I'm 100 percent with you, Tyler. You've got to. If you look historically, most of the a good amount of the NFL busts have come from teams reaching to take a position that Great they point, need. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. They're going fishing. They're going I, exactly. don't, don't start the list because then you're not only going to depress Browns fans, but you're going to have us here all day. <laughs> no, it's. I was just going to say there's such a long list, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. But usually the smarter picks and the ones that work out well are, are when you get the best player and you kind of put them in and figure out how to work with those players. You don't want to take a second-round talent in the first round because you need that position because yeah. then, you're, then you're just wasting your first-round pick. Yeah. You're not getting first-round talent for first-round money. It's just – it's – it, it it blows my mind when you see play, when you see teams reaching for a quarterback that could go which will which happen should this go Thursday. oh of course Mitchell Trubisky people are going to be uh, Mitchell Trubisky they're going to be reaching for him of I course think, yeah. no it, I mean that ha- it happens every year and it just blows my mind every time it happens unfortunately the philosophy I always follow with this is that an NFL team never suffered from accumulating talent no matter what exactly position is. you know what I mean you never got worse because even if you have a Hall of Fame DN yep. you, like Clowney with Watt they didn't get worse because they got another good DN so I agree with you guys on that. The only time I would make an exception is if you guys have a gaping hole. And it depends where you're in the draft. But say I'm in the second round, and I don't really have a great quarterback. And you know what? There's a quarterback I think that could really turn into a franchise QB. Not sure, and there are better prospects out there. There are situations where I go, you know what? The fact that this guy could really turn us around, I'll take that chance. Look at what happened with Geno Smith, though, three or four years ago. They took him just, I'm saying second, pick your They spots. took him in Don't the second round, and he was a third, fourth-round quarterback, we, and look yeah. at how he turned out. We mentioned that in, in the meeting before um, you showed up, but it's 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 a similar situation with Deshaun Watson, I think, too. People are going to be reaching for him, but he, he has the potential, but it's just a risky pick. That's why I think you have to go with best best talent. You, know, you got you to you go with the best player. Call me up for being last to the party. Jeez, Tyler. My <laughs> no, gosh. No, 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 <laughs> no. Some no, trash no, no. talk before the trivia. I, I see know. how it is. trying to psych you out of the I see, I see how it is. I'm I ready. I can't wait for that Well, trivia. speaking of trivia, before we get to that, any last thoughts about this draft? Ideas, predictions maybe? You want to give predictions about what's going to happen? People love those. This, we love them. I don't I don't know. I think the, the Mitch Trubisky story is going to be the most interesting storyline of the night because – drafts center around quarterbacks just like the NFL does. It centers around quarterbacks. And when he goes first, I think you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks come off the board because teams Domino are going to right? panic. Yeah, exactly. I don't think anybody really knows. I don't even I don't even think the team who who is going to draft him knows that they're going to draft him no. yet. He, he's yeah. a, he is a real wild card. He could honestly go number one or he could fall to 20. It's like a Black like Friday sale, right? <laughs> you want to get everything. You may not be high-quality merchandise, but you want to get it just before, exactly, anyone, else just before anyone else takes it. No, exactly. I, I got a hot take before we move on from the NFL. O.J. Howard will be the best tight end in the NFL <laughs> in five years. Shots fired right. <laughs> at me. If you guys have seen the tight end stuff, I, 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 don't, I don't think he's not going to be bad, but that is a bold prediction. My idea is that I think five years from now, ten years from now, whatever time you want to reflect on the 2017 draft for some 
weird reason, <laughs> that, you, it, that the best quarterback taken in this draft will not be taken in the first round. There will be quarterbacks taken in the first round. Which has happened lately, too, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, not doing that. I'm not doing that necessarily because of Wilson or, or, or right. anyone Prescott. else. Prescott, yeah, yeah. I, I'm doing that because there's a certain quarterback. I'm not going to mention him here. Go check out the quarterback article who I think is going to drop but going to end up making an impact eventually in the NFL. But that is enough NFL nerd talk <laughs> because it is time for our next matchup in the 30-minute week sports trivia challenge. Calm. Game face off. Game Today face off. we have John Furlong, Mr. Swimmer Extraordinaire, taking on <laughs> the hopeless Clippers fan himself, <laughs> Tyler Freeair. All right, guys, so the rules are as such. In this new league, you guys have to win two matches in a row while on the podcast to then challenge the champion for his belt. Champion's currently Manny, who's vacationing in Africa. But shout out so, to Manny. So you guys are both. No shout out to Manny. You, <laughs> this is both him. your guys' debut. Yes. So. This is maybe the first step towards your championship aspirations. If not, you're going to leave embarrassed, whatever. <laughs> Regardless, you guys are each going to get five questions. It's going to go back and forth, either or. If you get the question right, you get three points. If you get it wrong, you lose one point. If you don't know the answer to the question, and I'm guessing you probably won't most of the time, <laughs> you can ask for multiple choice. I will then give you four options, and you will be able to choose one of those four. If you get it right, you get two, but if you lose... I mean, if you if you get the question wrong, you lose two points. If off you the use the multiple choice, choice so yeah. it's more yeah, of a risk. It's, it's yeah, a risk. We, 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 we got it. We got it. I'm doing it for the people listening, and as it's well, and too. it's five different questions each, right? We each yeah, we go back and ones. forth. So right now, I'm thinking either one or two. John, which one is it? One. So Tyler, mm. do you want to go first? Or you want John to go first? I would, like, two, I would like John to go first. Okay, okay. that's what I would. That's what I would have wanted. So. <laughs> Let's get what you started. Got, then. What you got, All right, so John. Your first question is, what number did the Hall of Fame running back Jim Brown wear while he, he was in the NFL? 32. Is that your final answer? Yes. And that's three points for John. Uh, early. So John jumps out to a 3 nothing lead. Tyler, can you answer back? All you have to do is tell me, who is the Yankees' all-time home run hitter? Babe Ruth. Is that your final answer? Yes. You get three points too. <laughs> that come on, that was you got to warm yourselves into this, guys. Don't worry, you're gonna get ones work. wrong. John, <laughs> <laughs> John, John's in shock. what? Okay, whatever. John, Who how cares? many lockouts has the NBA had in its entire history? Three. Is that your final answer? Yeah. You want multiple choice? No, I'll go. I'll go three. I'm gonna have to take a point away from you. The it's answer- two. No, it's actually four. Ah, damn. Tyler. Yeah. Where is Sidney Crosby's hometown? Let me get multiple choice. Is it A, Toronto, Ontario, B, Prince Edward Island, C, Whitehorse, Yukon, or D, Halifax, Nova Scotia? I'm going to go with D, Nova Scotia. Is that your final answer? Yes. And you're going to get two points. Ah. Tyler jumps out to a 5-2 to two lead. Nice. But John can tie him up right now. That was a shot in the dark, just letting everybody know. By answering, John, what high school did Jeremy Lin attend? Famed Lynn Sandy, current point guard for the Brooklyn Nets. Well, he went to college at Harvard. Four seconds left. You want multiple choice? Multiple choice, please. Was it Modern Day High School, Gunn High School, Palo Alto High School, West Lake High School? West Lake High School. Is that your final answer? Yes. 
Unfortunately, you're going to have to lose two more points to go down to zero. It's Palo Alto High School. Uh, I know why you asked that question, because Reed Horner wasn't there. That was also my high school. This is true. Yes. John's getting a little depressed over here, but don't worry. You can get back. We're we're just getting into this. Tyler, who was the first African-American to win an Olympic gold medal? Oh, (laughs) Jesse Owens. that your final answer? Yes. That is incorrect. Oh, it's not? It is John Taylor. Oh, damn. John. What is the name of the Miami Dolphins quarterback who had his number 12 jersey retired by the team? Bob Greasy. That is correct. That was so quick. I was going to say, that's definitely right. So if I'm not mistaken, you guys are tied back up all of a sudden. 3-3, just like that. Let's do it. Tyler. Yes. Who were the two cities that faced off in the first ever World Series in 1903? Oh, my God. I need a multiple choice for that. I have no idea. Is it A, New York and Boston, B, Chicago and St. Louis, C, Chicago and New York, or D, Boston and Pittsburgh? I'm going to have to say. It's a tough one. I want to say it's definitely a Boston. Four, Boston four seconds and, left. Uh, uh, D. Boston Pittsburgh. Wow, you have a lucky shamrock somewhere on your person. That's, That's right. That is yeah. correct. Yeah. Wow. That, was, that, that is that correct. Was right, yeah. I just you, knew it had to be Boston. I was gonna say Boston, New York, but I, I just think that was too early. We're getting to the end now. Tyler leads five three. John, if you get this question wrong, Tyler will end up being the winner. Mm-hmm. Who is the all-time leader? An NBA three-pointers made amongst NBA players who are categorized as power forwards and centers. Power forwards and centers. All right, uh, let me do multiple choice here. Was it Rashard Lewis, Dirk Nowitzki, Peja Stoyakovich, or LeBron James? I'll go Peja. Is that your final answer? Yes. It's Dirk. And the winner <laughs> of today's matchup. It was Dirk. Was it Dirk? And currently yeah, won. Really. Nothing. It's Tyler Freire. The answer was actually Rashard Lewis. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Run with the magic. Rashard Lewis yep. hit that much threes? That is true. All know. right. So anyways, congratulations, Tyler. We'll get you back on the podcast later to try and win. Yeah, obviously, John will be back as well. I want to thank you all for listening to us. Uh, you can always get involved. Talk to us. Follow us on Twitter at 30 Minute Week. Um, 30 is the number. Uh, email us at 30minuteweekgmail.com. Again, 30 the number, not the word. And before we go, Clippers Jazz, game five, 2-2. Two, two. Series is tied, so winner of this game. Winner of this game is probably gonna win the series. It's predictions like that that make them have a drug testing policy. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, for John, for a long Tyler Freer, I am Reed Horner. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>